And we're live! Uh, hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and I am joined, finally, not only is it Hangman's return to Virginia, it's Latter's return to Wrestling Headlines. <laughs> welcome, <Man>. Latter. <laughs> hadn't thought about it like that, man, but I'm, I'm glad to be here, Imp. It's, uh, it's been so long that the last time he's appeared on any of these shows, the site had a different name. <laughs> it's been yeah, that long. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, like uh, wrestling headlines is um, quite different from Lords of Pain, but um, I, I don't know if it's a banned word or not. So uh, I'm just gonna <laughs> stick with wrestling headlines before somebody comes through and uh, zaps the stream. <laughs> well, like, cause I, I've always said that the oh, why did why did you change the name? It's like so we can tell people what it's called without them going. Is that a sex thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'd quite like to be able to do that, please. <laughs> That's right. a nice little thing. Uh, but but yeah, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Dynamite and the number one thing. Actually, no, first off, how are you doing, Rich? How are you doing following Full Gear? Man, I, I'm really I'm really good. Um, as it, personally, I'm good. Um, and then you know, thinking about uh, post Full Gear, uh, it just feels like the start of a new chapter. It feels like the closing of um, a certain era, almost in a sense, in AEW. Um, the first like kind of arc of champions are kind of like taking hold like who the four people were supposed to be of course there's that famous um uh all out poster that had the first four champions on it so now we're kind of getting into uncharted territory i think we could all kind of see where each champion was headed i think hangman's a little less clear than uh, the previous three champions but following that like full gear was just a phenomenal show top to bottom like lots of like i think i had six four star matches on there um some other stuff that was enjoyable uh, a couple matches that were just you know there but uh they can't all be hits but uh it seems like it reflected well in the buy rate as well so uh it was good news for AEW and a hell of a way to follow all out which you know <laughs> was like a once a lifetime show like setting the uh, beat the uh, not even beat, uh, setting their best ever pay-per-view records and everything with all out only to then hit very close second with this one. Like, that's sustained momentum. That is awesome to see. Especially with the promotion yeah. so incredibly young to be hitting a stride like that. Such an amazing amount of consistency. I mean, looking at the competition, it's no question. Like, I'm meant to be covering Survivor Series this weekend. And I'm like, but it, it doesn't matter. Like, the show doesn't matter. <laughs> like, why do, do I have to do this? <laughs> it's just... Fun story. So, like, uh, James and I were talking about One Nation Radio the other night, and then... Mm. I had mentioned that uh, Survivor Series was coming up. And he's like, do you want to like preview it? I'm like, I don't think they have any storylines. Like, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm not a weekly viewer of the show. Like mm. I can kind of, you know, assess it in the larger point of view. But um, yeah, nothing. We're, we're, that's a strictly a review <laughs> show at this point. Yeah, and for me, yeah, that's the only reason I watch it is to do the reviews on this show. Because when I don't do the reviews on this YouTube channel, don't watch it. Just routinely, I don't watch SmackDown. I watch Rampage instead. Then I get busy. Don't watch SmackDown. Right. It's just that's the way it is. It's like it's there's quality viewing, and that's what I stick with. But with uh, yeah, with AEW, because unfortunately I wasn't able to cover Full Gear because of family issues, which I've had really mm. bad luck with AEW this year. I've covered one event. <laughs> I've watched them all, obviously. I've not missed out on right. any of the amazing wrestling. I've just not had that amazing watching it together thing. I've only had it once for All Out, which, to be fair, was a really good one to do it for. <laughs> but, right. But, I I, yeah. um, I got to attend one show. I got to attend mm. Double or Nothing, and that was like... Uh, I, I attended with Dave Fennishell and 
the doc chad matthews so uh mm-hmm. that was pretty fun <laughs> shout out to chad first time i met chad yep. chad's i think yeah i think chad asked me to be his friend on facebook this week <laughs> so hello again chad it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the i oh, just i remember double or nothing uh, i'm trying to think oh um jeremy sat, ne- sat next to the giant face of jeremy was also a highlight of, oh, the, yes. of, the, yep. of that era <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> it was uh oh that that venue, um, I'm obviously jealous that I've never... They, well, I mean, they're going to run that venue a lot. So I've got the assumption I'm going to have the opportunity to go if I want to down the line. <laughs> like, it's not going to be crazy. get to go one day, I'm pretty mm. sure. Like, I think at this point, it's kind of like... It, it's not some, like, super impressive venue or anything. Mm. But it is, uh, it's got its own little piece of history that I think mm. everyone should... If you're an AEW fan, you have to go there once. <laughs> and... Uh, speaking of history, speaking of, of venues and things, we were live in Virginia for the crowning celebration of Hangman Page. And he's walking out, he's all jubilant. Uh, the graphics team, was just, oh, they they, broke, they got me. <laughs> they got me at, all, at full gear. Just the, we're proud of you, graphics team. <laughs> it's like, oh, he got me there. That's <laughs> so nice. <laughs> and, uh, well, compared to what was on his graphic for this night, the way it was going, like, going for the cheap unnecessary cheap pop because <laughs> he's wearing right. the <laughs> virginia is for lovers <laughs> t-shirt <laughs> which is right just, the galaxy just taking the piss immediately <laughs> which is uh, really funny he, he also answered a question i was wondering if hangman was a belt wearer or a um like one over the shoulder so Ooh. it looks like he's a wearer when he's healed, he can outlaw it over his shoulder. Show us what Roman Reigns was trying to do and actually be the outlaw belt slinger. <laughs> I'll call him. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be... Uh... Don't turn ha- Hangman heel yet. Not Well, that's one of the main discussions for this kind of episode of this show. Having titled it Dickhead Danielson. <laughs> the mate with an absolute... I'm so happy with that screenshot. Yes, I took about six. <laughs> that was one. Of, that was the best one. <laughs> but it was just, as in it was just he's talking. I'm just going to quickly screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. <laughs> one of these will be good. Uh, just one of them's like that's a gold mine. I'm sticking with this one. Right. It's the background. It's the thumbnail. It's everything. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. <laughs> but the uh, just the question: Did he turn heel? Or was he just showing heel things? Another que- uh, I was watching Vessel talk earlier, and they brought up the question of was he heel all along? <clears throat> we just didn't realize it. Whilst okay. I'm al- the tweet I put out earlier today was that I'm more in line of these people have discernible characteristics and traits, meaning they can have beef and they don't have to right. slot into goodies or baddies, heroes and villains, because they have discernible no- motivations. So there are clashes you can develop because you've already given them characteristics they're not flat things to then fit into a feud they're people they've they've got likes and dislikes and that's exactly right. what this is here with Brian Danielson not liking the kind of the way Hangman's portraying doesn't mean he's turning heel Danielson views wrestling in a different way therefore there's beef <laughs> I don't really like that it's a difference of philosophies a lot of tickets mm. have been sold like that over over history I do not think he turned heel per se could he turn heel in the future? Sure, he could. Uh, but for me, this was like him leaning into being heelish to make a face versus face feud kind of work. Mm. Um, the respect feud might not necessarily go down the best way, especially with how over Danielson was. I think with Hangman, the, the I think Hangman's in a much more defined role than Danielson is at this point in Danielson's career. He can do whatever. I feel like it's not a case of him 
Uh, like, you know, I, I was very disappointed when he turned heel in 2018 because I it, that was at the end of what I thought was a blown babyface comeback. And it just felt like he was just another wrestler at that point. I was like, oh, whatever. And I feel like there are special times in people's careers that you can take advantage of um, and really maximize somebody to make them really break through. And once they were never really going to go with them at that point, I should have just got the message. Um, and we're further along in that uh, part of Danielson's career. So I think he can be whatever the story necessitates, but I'm 100% with you. This was not a heel turn. This was a guy that's uh, since he's come into AEW, he has wrestled more aggressively. Um, he has, um, he's in that situation he's wrestled more often uh especially like he kind of like uh talked about cowboy shit and then saying hey none of that stuff involves wrestling i'm wrestling every week and he's going to continue going every week through the dark order my question is what is hangman going to be doing in the meantime (laughs) like to keep him kind of with his momentum besides looking on in horror i i don't know what's going to happen because um, I think that's a good way for people to get into Brian, just seeing him saw down these Ooh. guys one by one. But um, I, I, we'll see where they go with it. Like they're they're usually um, right on the ball with how they're booking, especially the world title. So um, there's definitely heat here now, like in one segment. And with uh, Brian Danielson going through the Dark Order like this, like not only have they set it up really well for them to just tick off the Dark Order, it turns out the towns AW are visiting from this point on is a different hometown for a different member of the Dark Order. That is amazing right. <laughs> planning. Right. Like, I think it's Colt Cabana next week in Chicago. Then it's Alan Angels. I can't remember where they're going with it after that. Then they go to Long Island, where John Silver's from. And it's just like, bang, Yo. bang, bang, <laughs> one after the other. <laughs> and, and this, it's and this the... probably have more more effect because mm. they normally don't beat people in their hometowns. Yeah. So, like, when you actually have to, like, pull the con of doing it uh, and break that glass like it's going to be effective <laughs> and I would mm. imagine that each like you know city they, they're they going to have multiple hometown people mm. so it'll just be one person they're executing <laughs> like they're going to have CM Punk they're going to have MJF they're going to have Cody still so <laughs> mm. um, some of the lower guys can get sacrificed <laughs> and it's just the fact that it's the former WWE guy beating all the people in their hometown <laughs> it's like oh it's brilliant and yeah <laughs> Oh, so many layers to this. <laughs> so many layers. I yeah, it's it's all set up. But of course, yeah. What does Hangman do in this meantime? Does he does he just kick back and go, oh, well, that's bad, and just do I just <laughs> drink beer? Like I, <laughs> so I I hope they've got something for him too because, mm. um, like I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see like his impact on business and, um, you know, I think they've got a challenge on their hands with booking a babyface white meat babyface world champion so haven't done that thus far and i'd love to see uh how the booking rhythms for that play out because we're we're still learning a lot Mm. about AEW still from you know um like you know like how they you know do things so like there's another wave about to start of of other guys and then we can't forget about the guys that are have been around like whenever moxley comes back or um, whenever Kenny comes off the surgery table or something like that, so <laughs> there's a lot to uh, mm. think about. And like for for AEW terms of like infancy, for me they haven't reached like their first kind of judgment period yet. As in when they've been around for about three years, then for me there's finally enough to look back at. Maybe maybe four's the best way to look at it. Where you've seen the rotation enough times now, you really know what the product is like. You know where they're going a bit more long term. 
and you can really do an actual judgment. Like there were people that were coming out like after one year of AW being on. I'm like, come on, <laughs> that's not how you judge something like this. <laughs> it's just you got to wait for the cycle to kind of go around again. And this is they're still doing proof of concept. We're still that's like one of the conversations with Hangman is that it is establishing a proof of concept of AEW to build a star like this over this amount of time with this amount of consistency rather than what we've seen for so many years of essentially comic book booking where it's just like right. one story then just shift over with very little continuity some but not much onto the next thing this is full blown and continuity the entire time we trust you like almost every other TV show to trust and follow <laughs> it's like right. what AEW is doing is not abnormal but it's like a test of proof of concept for wrestling and we're still in that phase because that's one of the things said for Hangman was that, well, this is the proof of concept. See if this works. And we're still at that point, which tells me, well, we must still be in that infancy then. We're not at a point where we right. can properly judge them yet. We haven't reached it. But oh, my, I'm excited. My, I'm excited. That's a shout from Delstar <laughs> in the chat. Maybe start teasing Cole versus Paige. <laughs> Just go that route. I mean, you could do that. I, I think I think Cole has his hands full with uh with the Jungle Man who's mm. who's fresh faced again. So we'll <laughs> we'll see uh where that where that goes first. He, he had a beard for a bit. He was evolving into a Jungle Man. <laughs> but he's shaved yeah. it back down now. <laughs> but didn't like it. Back to a boy. <laughs> so, to someone boy. someone told him the women think is disgusting. Cut that off. <laughs> and they're like, nah. <laughs> he tried it. <laughs> nah, not for me. <laughs> But yeah, he, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, he's probably busy with that. Hangman can have so many different things. I just don't know which one they'll go for. And uh, Danielson's setup is really interesting. And that takes them through to their debut on TBS as well. Because I wouldn't be surprised if they have this match on that show, like really load it up. You put this on there. You put Punk MJF on there. Like you, you've got the Women's TBS Championship Tournament Final as well. Like you load the hell out of that card like you're going to Grand Slam again just really build it up yeah i i think that first tbs show you can probably like circle is a special event if i had to guess oh yeah 100 percent. but in terms of the segment itself as i realized probably talk about what happened <laughs> with the uh and it's been enough time where i can say the word shit now it's not in the intro you've got to go three minutes for swearing <laughs> that's the youtube <laughs> way <laughs> i was like aw makes it so flipping flipping difficult <laughs> to not swear <laughs> I've got to get through for three minutes so I can actually advertise on this bloody video <laughs> and then I'll keep it. But as I've thrown this video into the water by putting Dick right at the front of this title. Oh, man. <laughs> so, we'll see. So it goes. It's a, I call him a dickhead. I'm not, I'm not putting the word dick <laughs> like that. I'm saying it too much. <laughs> Let's move on. So <laughs> it was National Cowboy Shit Day. A cowboy champion comes home to Virginia. Or it's wrestling. Comes home <laughs> to Virginia. Uh, Johnny Silverhands brings out a new AEW World Champion. I've been playing Cyberpunk. I'm doing references. <laughs> brings out a new AEW World Champion. Hangman Page, full of positivity and charisma. But his immediate next challenge is the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. And it's immediately, he's like, oh, this is something new, something different, amazing. And, like, you got to be careful in wrestling. You say the name. And they will come out. It, it's meant it's like, oh, I'm like facing... they're all there. Yeah. It's like how I picture the Royal Rumble where they're all just standing in an orderly queue. <laughs> just, just waiting, just really politely. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. It's a, really, when you ask them to, they are actually really kind to look out for each other. They're just, they're like, oh, no, no, you go first, you go first. <laughs> that's that's right. how I picture Gorilla. But, oh, and what a world it is 
where characters have those defined traits and convictions, so tensions and differences are believable, regardless of face-heel alignments. You don't just... Like, my pet peeve is two people have a massive feud. Then within a year, they're both tagging together because they're both baddies. And there's no mention. <laughs> yeah, like, did yeah, we like there, there's got to be at least some type of reconciliation mm. or somebody does something to kind of prove that they're on the same side. But it's just a different philosophy mm. that one that I like much better. Oh, uh, 100%. Over here. Yeah. And a brilliant way to get some heat off of that Virginia crowd. But from Brian, I thought he was fantastic. Some amazing ad as well. Uh, in name-dropping WrestleMania, <laughs> as he plays his own trumpet, <laughs> just immediate booze. Fantastic way to get some heat. Just say, I, Brilliant. Just like bigging up how hard he worked in WWE, and the crowd are like, boo! <laughs> no, right, man, we ain't trying to hear none of that. Like, I think that was <laughs> a. Uh, I think uh, like MJF kind of does this too, and I, he actually ended up doing it later in his promo. But there's nothing that will get heat in AW like saying you're going to jump to WWE mm. or what you did in WWE or something like that like people just generally are not going for it and uh, only for him to respond to the crowd with of course Virginia boos hard work <laughs> that was an amazing album <laughs> just like in that moment just like I can get some heat here <laughs> brilliant <laughs> brilliant stuff <laughs> he's so good whatever I ask him to do whether he believes it's too early or not or it's fine it doesn't matter He's amazing. <laughs> He's such a good wrestler. Uh, but yeah, the difference in Hangman as well. Like, those words no long... This would have affected him in the past. Somebody like Brian stepping up to him and saying words like that, it would have gotten to him. Not anymore. He's able to stand up for himself and give the dirt right back to him. And just Right. The... I, I think he did a good job not drowning. Mm. Uh, Brian's oh, yeah. obviously way more experienced than him at flipping crowds. And uh, I think Hangman had enough, like holstered lines it was almost like a rap battle like that he would do it there he looked believable and there's something about like your first title reign like either the belt looks good with you and it gives you this extra layer of confidence or it doesn't and i think it does for him well just when brian came at him just like oh i'm actually disappointed i'm not facing kenny just like, oh what a great burn but then hangman immediately we are too brian Oh, they're, they're holding it, they're holding it. That's what I want. I choose to believe. They're just holding it off. They're going to give it us. <laughs> We're getting it eventually. Just, just hold it off for another year. <laughs> I don't know what they'll do. It's AW, we'll find right. out. Uh, but yeah, Handman immediately responding. Just like, mm, but unlike somebody, I did beat him. And I'm pretty sure I did it in under 30 minutes. <laughs> just um, immediately just shuts Daniel down <laughs> onto the uh, next point and... Seeing him stand up for himself like that, look, and that, that and that's an insult. Like the the, mm. the wrestling man, like Brian mm. Danielson, you tell him he, you know, this cowboy drinker person that has kind of been uh, not wrestling every week. Yeah, he did something that this wrestler couldn't do. Like his pride was insulted. Mm. Well, like, it's just like character arcs don't die because the main story has completed. It's just the it's the result of this whole journey on display then creates a character we've got here. And you see everything right. that's influenced it on display. It's it's When I say it's so good to see, it's purely because of the world we're coming out of. Like, <laughs> wrestling has not been this. This is standard, basic storytelling stuff. None of this is right. crazy out of this world. It's just that we've not seen it in wrestling, so it feels like it's groundbreaking. 
<laughs> in reality, it's just competent <laughs> writing. Right. It's like, I, felt, I felt the exact same thing watching the first new episode of the new Dexter series. It's like, oh God, that show went to shit. <laughs> the final few seasons beforehand were awful. And this one is like, well, it's competently written. <laughs> so at least it's that. And like, I, I've never watched De- Dexter, but like mm. you said, it's in a reboot now, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, anyway, oh, okay. It's so like a. It's like, do they have to reboot all of it, or can they no. like, switch the ending? <laughs> it's, it's like a rebooted continuation. That makes any ah. sense. Like they're picking the story up. They're gonna ha- like everything's still canon, but they've got competent writers to. It's like, well, this is his past. We can, if we treat it like his past. We don't have to really dwell on it, <laughs> and then we can just move on competently and make right. you see the effect in him rather than going. Well, that bit was a bit rubbish. Ah, but the character shows what happened to him, which is which is great for AW as well. I can link I can link it back because that's exactly what Hangman is. Just you look at that character, you see everything that he's been through. It's oh, right. so good. It's so good. Anyway, uh, yeah, I've watched one episode of Dexter so far. Competent is the word I'll use. <laughs> I won't say I'm massively enjoying it. It's just, oh, just a breath of fresh air to watch that show with competency <laughs> alongside it. Uh, like like early AEW, we're like, it's not perfect, but it's competent, right. and that feels so fresh. So fresh. Right. Uh, into the match itself of Brian Danielson versus Evil Uno. Uh, Danielson playing brilliantly into the Virginia Heat. He, he himself created, uh, continuing to taunt as he fights off Uno. In the end, shouting to the crowd that Uno will get his effing head kicked in, hitting the running knee before tapping the man out. Rich, what did you think of this match? Man, um, I thought it was a solid. Uh, I didn't think it was like, you know, some super like Danielson match, but I think what he was set out to do was show that extra layer of aggression. And he was, <laughs> it was almost like he was seeing red. Like he was <laughs> like, I'll chop this goddamn suit if I have to off your chest. Like, so when you take that bodysuit off, you're still going to see what I left on you. He's slapping this guy hard as hell, kicking him hard as hell. And, um, you know, who knows a good worker too. So, uh, he, he's never going to embarrass himself. I remember the match he had with Miro. Um, and he did like the, I think it was the Nick Diaz thing people are saying, mm. um, you know, when he does the quick triangle and he's, you know, throwing yeah, doing the, flex. The, the double <laughs> yeah. buys and all that. So, um, yeah, it, it, the first of many, many Dark Order members going to get whooped. <laughs> like, all of them. <laughs> One after yep. the other. Like, you going to do anything, Hangman, or are you just going to let him do the wrestle good? We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. But, yeah, doing the... Because I, I, I've not seen the Nate Diaz thing, but I know he got a ton of heat when he did it. <laughs> so for Danielson to do that as well. Uh, yes, really, really good way to get some of that heat. And it's, it's the fact that he hit that running knee, and then it was like, no... I'm going to do this. And then he posed doing it as well. And then he posed upon the ring apron afterwards. Just, ah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Yes. Yes. Chat. Brian is on fire. (laughs) It's on fire. Uh, Is this one of his best runs of his career? But I mean, it's difficult. Yes. Yes. Mm. No question. Like he's just come in. I don't know what his exact record is in AEW. Now it might be in double digits at this point, but um, he's wrestling like a madman right now. (laughs) Because mm. the, like, the comparison in my head is his like, original run before he got went to WWE. First time I saw him, he was wrestling this random bloke called Kenta. I don't know if you heard of him. <laughs> and I was just like, that. Uh, yeah, can't sit, can't. Yeah, Kenta <laughs> heard him maybe once or twice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's part of a dead faction. <laughs> but they oh. did the uh, they did yeah he did a 
I can't remember what the match was at Ring of Honor, but I, that was the that was like my first Ring of Honor show I ever watched because I was just checking it out. And right. like I think because their TV was always out of sync with whatever pay per view they're doing, it was and even when they got signed to uh, Sinclair, still that was still the case when they first started. I remember watching the Kevin Owens stuff, and I was I was really into Steen at that point when he's like the top guy in Ring of Honor, and I'm just like, yeah. this is just out of sync. <laughs> None of these TV builds they're building to a pay per view I know was already aired. <laughs> That's just crazy. Um, but yeah, seeing those guys watching the books and just thinking, well, they're going to TNA. <laughs> it's just watching their style. <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah. It, it, Funny it, how yeah. that all works out. <laughs> and just that my introduction to Ring of Honor was Danielson versus Kenta. And to see that we've kind of come full circle to now, this is a very different style of the American Dragon. He's still that same thing where He's not babyface or heel. He's just a wrestler who's got his own convictions and beliefs of what wrestling is. And each individual person he comes across, he'll either be an absolute dick or just a bit of a dick. <laughs> That's the kind of difference. Right. And with right. with Hangman, he went full dickhead. Full dickhead Danielson in this one. Oh, yeah, amazing. And yes, the Suzuki in the, in the chat, of that Suzuki match was epic. It bloody was. Yes. It really Loved was. It. Amazing match as I accidentally press a button on my notes and screw everything up. Tony Schiavone! <laughs> so, one of the uh, one of the things on this show was teleporting Tony Schiavone. He was everywhere. <laughs> Just so many backstage segments. Uh, and his first beat off duty was to be into the ring to interview Danielson. And this is where we learn that he will be challenging Chicago's own Colt Cabana next week in Chicago. And as we found out as well, the light, you can just do that run because every next town is the hometown of a different Dark Order member. It's like, when you know you're going to do a thing, you can plan it. <laughs> it's crazy. Man, what a it, crazy It's idea. this crazy, like, secret that I don't know if everyone knows <laughs> they can do. Like, you control, like, where you book the buildings. You control <laughs> who you put in the matches. You control who wins. Mm. Like, it's a really... It's a, it's, a, it's an unfair thing when you think about it. <laughs> well, I watch... Um, apparently, one of the excuses why Survivor Series has had, like, next to... It feels like it's had next to no build is because the lines coming out were, well, we had to build to the draft and we had to build to Chrome Jewel. So this just wasn't the time to build Survivor Series. And I'm just like, you pick all of these dates yourself. You can move the draft. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> you don't have to do it then. <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm watching this guy. This is a problem of your own making. Just move the draft. <laughs> problem solved. Right. It's like, oh, it's, oh it's, it's mental. Look at the games. The games placed a point on it. It's like, oh, we'll, I think we'll end the season at WrestleMania because that's like the big one. They can do like a draft refresh there. The video games did that in like 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> like, why is that still not a thing now? Oh, it's, let's do it. October's a crazy time to do it. Like, five seasons means nothing. My point being, you control everything. And when you know you're going to go to a place, he's already shown this with as soon as the Lucha Bros became champion because he knew he was going to crown Lucha Bros as champion. He gave the Butcher and the Blade a ton of wins, so they were immediately had the wins behind them to challenge them. Because he knew they'd be facing the Lucha Bros. Because <laughs> he knew the Lucha Bros are winning. It's like, insane concept. Pay-per-views don't come out of nowhere. You schedule them, <laughs> so you know where they are. It's amazing. You can build them. It's crazy. I don't want to be... Uh, I logged onto Twitter today. I was actually just before I went live, so I could actually do the thing for this. And I see a tweet from WWE saying, Ali is out of the women's Fire match, and Tony Storm's in. I'm like, why are you announcing this <laughs> the day before your go-home show? 
for the pay per view. <laughs> like, what is like, this? What What is yeah. the network television for? Yeah. Like, oh god. And uh, yeah, I won't go into it. <laughs> that it was just a direct comparison, and the fact that you've set that up so well in AW just is like, yeah, it's competent, and it's all round competency. They know they're doing a thing, so they just go, oh, we can do this, we can do that, we can plan, we can build. Oh, it's 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 not even big brain. <laughs> it's just competent. <laughs> Oh, it's, it is nice to see, though. Uh, speaking of something nice to see, MJF in his self-congratulation pro-spatch interview. That are, I say interview, just him shouting at a microphone, sat on the chair, wide-legged. Oh, it was <laughs> so good. Uh, recorded at full gear after his match. He proved every single person wrong in out-wrestling and beating Darby Allin with a headlock takeover. And as soon as he said that in the promo, I was like, I knew when I watched that match, this was the exact promo he was going to cut. Because yes, the babyface has an out because he hit him with the knuckle, hit him with the diamond ring, then did the takeover. So he can say he beat Darby Allen with a takeover. Well, we know he knocked him out cold with an illegal weapon first, <laughs> then did the takeover. But he never did it. mind that. Yeah, never mind that. <laughs> he did it. He did the headlock take exactly what he said. It's like, oh, just booking the bad guy to say something as specific as that and then to deliver on it so he can then jump to a world title match using that momentum. Uh, yeah, really, really good stuff. MJF came out later, but I just want to give recognition to just the full gear match. <laughs> really, lots of people saying that was their match of the night. Personally, for me, really great match. Like it, it's, it's I, I think it, was a, it was a horrible night for the MJF. Can't wrestle people. Pretty much mm. like he said it in, in his promo. Uh, he said he got everyone's mark chance, and he <laughs> said people were forced, uh, <laughs> you know, to bow down and acknowledge and all that. And um, I, I think anytime Darby Allen and MJF lock it up from here, it's going to be there's going to be there's an expectation that's set, and I think they're going to come through on it. And this is going to be defining rivalry for this promotion. I mean, when you picture like who are the next champions, I mean MJF is out here cutting promos on the four pillars of the future. Like, are the next champions already established, and you can build up MJF to be that mighty? Ch- MJF doesn't have to beat Hangman. Because, again, he's one of those four pillars of the future, so now he can lose, so he has experience of the future, which is something else AEW's already done. Look at Darby Allin facing CM Punk. He's lost, but he's got experience, so he doesn't lose in the future. It's it's so nice to see. Uh, And you know it's going to come back, because they're building that trust over these years and time. Uh, But, yeah, he can can build up MJF. He can use CM Punk to really light the fire under him, which we'll get to later, and to to set him towards Hangman and really believable challenger to beat him. Uh, which he shouldn't do. Give Hangman a nice long reign. It took them three years to really get to this point. <laughs> Don't have him drop it <laughs> so quickly. Uh, after that, teleporting Tony's now with Eddie Kingston backstage with uh, 2.0 in to run their mouths like the delusional jobbers they are. However, then we get Daniel Garcia versus Eddie Kingston. I was like, okay, it builds to something I want to see. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. They see so yeah. much in Garcia. Yet another kind of veteran wrestler to put him in the ring with. I love the the New Yorkism that that Eddie Kingston and um, even Daniel Garcia showed. Like, the, like he he's like, you let another grown man call you their son. Like, I don't respect that. Like, it, it was almost I was expecting Dame Dash to pop in um, and talk about respect, you know, and, and being a boss and being a man and all this stuff. So, um, it's a guy with a lot of technique versus a guy with a little technique, but um, they're both tough as hell. So. Um, is it, I think that would be a good way to get Kingston uh, back on the saddle 
uh, after that that match with Punk because that's like a devastating loss. Mm. Like obviously we knew Kingston was gonna win, but uh, or excuse me, Punk was gonna win, but Kingston like. I, I really feel strongly that they have something in him and the day he actually wins something, people are gonna explode. Mm. Like he's he's got a special connection right now. Oh, hundred percent. He's one of the most over people in the company. And he's coming out of a white hot match against CM Punk. Like that was just pure fire from the get go. Uh, and just like that you could they did so well you could tell it was like two veterans who really know what they're doing. And Kingston, just by his facial expressions, the way both of them came down the ramp. And, yeah. I mean, for me, it was like the second he hit the spinning, uh, spinning back fist and then just smiled. <laughs> it's like, yes. I want to see this Kingston versus Ishii. Yes. <laughs> I'm down for this. <laughs> Which is my very natural tie-in <laughs> to the next segment. <laughs> and as soon as I saw this announced, I'm like, this is the one. This is it. Fourth or fifth times the try, we can do this. <laughs> I could do a Joey Latter. It's gonna happen. I'm not gonna yes, cancel. Sir. We'll say it came so. Oh, today was so crap. It came so close. <laughs> I'm like, no. This is like the fifth time we tried this. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, as soon as I saw it, I'm getting Latter on. It's Ishii. It's Stone Pitbull. It's RLPW. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> Rich Latter's pro wrestling, but probably not in this. Way, something <laughs> tells me this would not be how you would have debuted on your EGE. But Butcher and the Blade with Homeboy Matt Hardy versus and the Bunny versus Orange Cassidy and Tomohiro Ishii, uh, the best friends, all part of Chaos now, which is a faction of interesting <laughs> kind of members. It's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, you got your hard hitters. You got your ace champions. You've got the best friend of the ace champion Yoshihashi <laughs> then you've got you have a DVD yeah. salesman yes yes DVD salesman Toro Yano my one of my MVPs of the G1 every single year I make sure to get it makes me laugh sometimes to the reactions but I make sure every single year to at least get one Toro Yano match onto the best matches of the tournament because we do the five matches of the week <laughs> for one of the columns <laughs> every time I'm like I'm going to get one on I'm going to do it <laughs> and I'm like it's fine this year I was like it's fine Jeremy's covered the other match. I can do this jokey one. <laughs> I can okay. sneak this one on here. Yeah. <laughs> he won't be happy with it, but it's happening. <laughs> it's happening, Jeremy. <laughs> He's gone on. Uh, but yeah. He'll patrol. <laughs> Ishii in AEW has been one of those names where it's just so many dream matches uh, for him to happen. So many opponents for him to face. I don't think anybody <laughs> had him teaming with Orange Cassidy in a semi-serious semi-comedy match against Butcher and the Blade with Matt Hardy furious at ringside. <laughs> that is not what I expected. Very That's different right. from, from mm. what, what I expected but um, I think some of the best stuff like things about Ishii is seeing him play the straight man to a lot of foolishness that's around him mm. so from that standpoint I liked it I didn't think this was any like type of super match or anything but um and Ishii like you know he's just coming off that Jay White main event just been through the G1 so he might be a little beat up right now mm. um but you know it I thought it was it was all right I thought he was over enough and putting him with Orange Cassidy was smart because Orange Cassidy is always going to get a reaction so that kind of saves him from um, you know, people not knowing who he is or anything like that. I would have loved to hear his music and mm. everything like that, but uh, maybe maybe in the future, I, I, I would be pretty sure this isn't going to be the only time we see Ishii, and he'll really get to show what he does probably the next couple times, but I did pop 
seeing mm-hmm. him across from the butcher who in, mm-hmm. in that division, that EC division, I, yes. <laughs> I love me some big butch. <laughs> like the um, never open weight big boys doing big boys wrestling. <laughs> like yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah so some of that those uh, big lad meaty chops. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there was a great TikTok I saw today. It was a it was a woman that put it out, and she was like, "It's called the Never Open Weight Championship." And look at this guy. I don't <laughs> want to look how he's built. I wouldn't want to fight him. It's called the Never Open Weight <laughs> Championship. It is never open to take from him. <laughs> like so, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Stone Pitbull in AW, the fridge with legs lighting up dynamite on tnt in a tag team match with orange cassidy which is definitely unique but yeah ishii versus the butcher as which said sure was your big boy sight so you got your ishii clash with the clash with the big boy that's how i would have debuted him ishii versus one of aw's many big boys because <laughs> contrary to people who don't watch the show aw isn't just indie vanilla midgets <laughs> it's just there's a lot of big boys on there <laughs> A lot of people were easy to clash with. A, a And a butcher's chops to no avail, just deathly stares from EGE. And uh, just to, before I get to it, like for me, the biggest takeaway from this match is that two weeks in a row, they've used this chaos stuff to uh, name drop a certain ace. To name drop, mm. to name drop Okada multiple times but throughout both matches on like, Dynamite this past week, these past two weeks. And I'm just like, yes. There's a lot to, to kind of build the ethos, <laughs> the mythos of this great man. Just name drop him so all the viewers know who he is. They may not know what he looks like or anything, but they'll know the name. <laughs> They're not doing this stuff for no reason. Mm. Yes, 100%. Like, they've, they've conditioned me now. When they say something, it's not for nothing. Like They are like they know something, and they're educating well, and They've been me. doing this from day one because, mm. you know, like we were talking about earlier... They have the freedom to plan it in advance. <laughs> I remember at Scorpio Sky, you're never getting a title shot, and hmm. you know that was that was a one they threw out there, and it hmm. was pretty funny. For me, that the biggest example is the four champions thing, where Kenny Omega from day one had that as his Twitter banner, and just left right. it. And this is like the four champions of AEW, and it's just like you they knew from and Tony Khan openly saying now like yeah I knew or. My, who my first four champions, I knew exactly who they were going to be. It's like, well, yeah, because you control everything. <laughs> it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's, oh, it's it, When Tony Khan says that, you see the reaction on Twitter, it's like, oh my God, he's such a genius. I'm just like, this is basic stuff. <laughs> it's just, right. yeah. It's just that we've just not, just not seen it, so he feels like a mega mind. <laughs> when, he may be really strong creatively, and we're kind of seeing it with all the different plates spinning. But it's it's just the thing of, yeah, you write the thing, <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> it's just a crazy concept, uh, right? Yeah, but for the match itself, Hardy's evil plans foiled as Cassidy's chaos chums carry him half consciously to victory. Ishii with one hell of a lariat to the blade before hoisting him high for the sheer drop brainbuster. Love to see it. Uh, yeah, nothing absolutely insane. Ishii on his uh, like just. A mixture of the badass Ishii that we've seen, just little drip drops of it, whilst also him just looking around going, there's a lot of weird going on. <laughs> just waiting his moment. <laughs> like? Yeah, there was a, there was one part where he just kind of walked into the contact that I think got the crowd pretty up. So, Somir Ishii, he's a master. He's one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live. He's pr- if you drop him in the middle of nowhere, he'll figure out how to mm. how to get over. 
Oh, 100%. 100%. I, yeah, I can't wait to see more of these guys. And he, Really, they've just been dropping in New Japan kind of veterans, but it's all with a purpose so that you know about New Japan, you know about the different factions and things before anything really starts. Before the big invasion, they've built up these people. Like JR making Okada sound like one of the best wrestlers living today, that's for a reason. I don't know how soon yeah. it's going to be, but it's for a reason. I mean, they've got three days of Wrestle Kingdom planned. Uh, that, actually, no. Let me scratch that. That's not the interesting thing right now. Because <laughs> uh, thanks to uh, Josh and Jeremy <laughs> over at Keeping It Strong Style, both New Japan and Noah are doing a press conference at the same time on the same day. It's like, yes. that's interesting. <laughs> Keiji Muto, unifying the championships. <laughs> Get on it. It's <laughs> 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 uh, just... It worked back in the day when he had to crown Tanahashi. It's only been like 10 years, but he can do it again. <laughs> it's the exact oh same my idea. Gosh. <laughs> I think that was 2009 they did that, where Muto held the title. And he, he, he didn't feel fresh then. <laughs> so I'm sure 12 years later is fine, right? 13 years. Right. <laughs> That'll work. Uh, anyway, after that, Andrade and FDR backstage with Tony. Uh, after full gear, they want their big multi-man extravaganza, which is uh, announced to be for, for, uh, for Thanksgiving show next week. We'll get to that later. Uh, then, immediately after, Britt Baker's with Tony. How did he get there? That's insane. His powers. Man is doing the rounds this week. <laughs> She's taking oh, yes. a tad of a step back from the spotlight as Hater has her moment in the TBS Championship Tournament, uh, which is... A nice thing to do, especially as I look at the women's division and I'm just like, well, yeah, all the big names in the tournament. Who are you going to face? Makes sense. Just pretend, get some, get some heat as well because it's Bit Baker of, we know you're not doing this. Just take this spotlight <laughs> because you want her to beat up Thunder Rosa. <laughs> it's really good stuff. Right. Well done. And also, like, if you win a belt, then you never had to fight me. So, mm. Uh, Brit, master manipulator. <laughs> and it's just that thing of um, taking the piss out of MJF at some point where he's just like, he only wrestles like three times a year. <laughs> he, he's got it down. Right. Almost as well as Orange right. Cassidy. <laughs> where it's just the thing of that man's going to wrestle for years. <laughs> he, he can make money for years and his bump <laughs> card is going to be so fresh in comparison to others. <laughs> he's got this down. When, when Orange Cassidy is an old man, his gimmick's going to be even funnier. <laughs> oh my god i can imagine like a 60 year old orange cassidy uh <laughs> moving in extra slow motion because it'll be like real <laughs> he doesn't have it hardly has to change anything <laughs> it's perfect it just doing the same thing right. uh yeah yeah i can't uh, yeah orange cassidy he can go on for years he'll be fine he'll be absolutely fine <laughs> he's got this down Min- minimal effort for maximum reaction <laughs> he's got this <laughs> Uh, after that, the TBS Championship Tournament quarterfinal match, Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida. Uh, Shida achieved her 50 wins against Serena Deeb, but at what price? How injured was she going into this match? And uh, the AW graphics team letting us know that Nyla is also at 50 wins. I was like, oh, that's... Stats. Interesting. <laughs> Stats are awesome. Would have been nice for me to know this in advance, but awesome going into the match. <laughs> at least they showed it at some point. Great, great to see. Right, right. Yes, yeah, so but that sets the stage for this match where they are the two, and I, I don't like this phrasing, it's bad sentence structure, the two most winningest, I don't like it, it's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> the two most, well, I've written so, yeah, the two uh, the two women's division competitors with the most wins in the company. <laughs> That's how I've right. written it. I'm not writing the word winningest in my notes. <laughs> it's not happening. 
But yeah, so it sets the, these are the two women with the most wins of the company, which sets the stage for this match. Well, who's going to win here? But you've got that thing coming into the match where Serena, Serena Deeb is pretty much injured Shida. Uh, so what, how's she going to do against the beast of Nyla Rose? And the thing they did really well was establish that Shida has fight. And you saw it again and again. They saw it later in the show as well with Sammy Guevara, where they've got that injury, but there's so much fight in them that they just keep countering whatever the other person is trying to do. And she's like, well, what are they going to have to do to put this person away? Turns out the answer here was Serena Deeb. <laughs> she is not leaving that woman alone. <laughs> Chopping her down yeah. as soon as we got back from ad break. And oh, yeah, it was, for me, that led into a really strong finish with uh, Nyla going to end the match with a bomb, only for Shida to swing into an awesome last-ditch submission, uh, fighting the Native Beast off again and again, a nasty backsplash landing uh, for Rose before she then recovered into an awesome-looking stretch muffler, just talking on that knee that Diva chopped down early that was already injured, uh, putting all of the pressure on that knee for a quick tap. And that makes Nyla Rose look really strong, there's the added thing for Sheeda that, well, she was fighting back really well until Deeb got chopped her in the knee. And, yeah, Nyla then goes to the semi-finals of a tournament, which also puts her over. And, simply, whoever beats her then also gets that awesome leap for the final. I thought it was really good, too. They worked really hard. Mm. Um, like, I think uh, sometimes I don't think Nyla gets, like, the credit for, like, her ability to look like a monster and to look dominant and... Um, there was a uh, moment where she like posed in front of the camera and Nyla just trucked her. Like it was, <laughs> I was like, yes, that's mm. physicality because like, I think Nyla like goes from times where, um, especially like early in AEW, like where she, the way she would hit people, it would be like, she was holding back uh, cause she'd be like mm. working with someone like Riho or something. Right. <laughs> and just the size difference. It, I felt like she didn't know her own strength. So I think she's getting better with that. And um, and anytime these two get together, it's a fight. It, it feels like she is literally fighting to survive, and they kind of say, "Hey, go ahead, lay it in," and uh, they trust each other. And and like I said, this one they work really hard to, to get this over. And this this got over big in the group chat. Mm. That that is that is great to see as well. Especially like you talk what you talk about there. Like in this match, she attacked Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> is, yeah, like, yeah. Vicky took a damn. Um, she took a mean kendo mm. shot. Mm. And just beforehand as well, where Vicky's trying to do the dastardly cheating type thing, and then Sheeta gets to do that pose with the kendo stick. <laughs> it's <Right>. like, yes, <laughs> awesome. Like, I know that she's shown many times already that she's a big fan of uh, video games and Japanese <laughs> video games and stuff. And just when she did that pose, I'm like, yeah, I know you're a JRPG fan. <laughs> just as soon as she did that pose, <laughs> straight out of one of those games. <laughs> but yeah, she, I, I like it though. I like integrating that stuff. I thought she looked like a badass as well. As she's facing Nyla Rose, who's also massively <laughs> into that world. So it works really well. Uh, but oh yeah, just, just the ending as well. It just saves everybody. Everybody looks awesome. They all got the different spots. Deeb also coming out of this with uh, some momentum and fire because of costing Sheeda the tournament. Uh, yeah, it all feeds up really well. And yep. leads nicely into the next bit. Uh, after that, Malachi Black. These promos are... I, whenever these come on now, I just stop. If I'm semi-distracted, like if I'm on Twitter or whatever, I'll just immediately stop. I'm like, right, I've got to pay attention to this. I can't miss what he says. Because <laughs> it feels like I've got to be able to repeat some of this. But for me... you gotta, you got to follow the lore. Mm. You know. <laughs> i got to keep up with that Malachi lore. <laughs> just... <Yep. laughs> but... 
that fact, as he gives us a delightful detailed description of the word nightmare and just uh, just links it to Cody and pack, uh, the pack and the Lucha Bros. Like, oh, yes, with an absolutely killer line at the end. Relax, my friend, while oxygen is on your side. It's like, oh, <laughs> such a killer line. There, there were so he has so many that I'm just like, I'm going to have to pick one of them for time. <laughs> but that was my favorite. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love these promos. He's got his own unique look, and um, I think his presentation is light years ahead of what it was mm. oh. any other point in his career. Yeah. Like, you'd see, because, um, like, the little details you'd hear that he was putting into his promos in WWE, you just think, that man's... Why are you scripting that man with bollocks? <laughs> Look how creative he is. <laughs> just let him run with it. <laughs> and you see what they're doing here? They're basically just doing... Like, you heard Daniel Bryan... Sorry, Brian Danielson. At least I'm not doing James as one. <laughs> it's like... But uh, uh, Daniel Bryanson, <laughs> at least I'm not doing yes. that. <laughs> but yeah, with with him, where he was just saying that they pointed the camera at him, it was like, yeah, well, okay, I cut a promo. Wait, what do you mean? Uh, that I've, what, what do I say? Whatever you want, say what you want. What, it's not a script? <laughs> you don't right. No, no, no. Like, you're facing this guy, say what you want. <laughs> it's just, and you can tell with Malachi, he's got so much creative freedom to run with stuff and create things. And like, the other one as well is Miro, where those promos, absolute highlight. Every single yeah, he, week, he, Miro talking and and talking with the lights off. There's something about t- talking with the lights mm. off that just makes you fire up. <laughs> and he, like with Miro, but you you the formula by the end of it. Like he's going to question his god, but he's going to get, let you know by the end that his two motivations are his wife and his god. <laughs> and it's just like, yep. and he comes up with a different catchphrase for both of them <laughs> in every single promo. Like yeah, we know the formula by the end of it. I love it. It's great. It's, it never got tired, especially as he was building up to that big match against Brian Danielson. But yeah, really, right. really strong stuff. Uh, and Malachi as well. He's got so many killer lines every single week. <laughs> it's great to see. Uh, speaking of killer lines, it's MJF. He got his promo next <laughs> with Sean Spears and Wardlow there to join him. Spears being a great accountability, which is a phrase I learned from Among Us. And I was just like, is MJF an Among Us player? <laughs> that kind of I've seen the AW guys playing each other on Twitch. <laughs> I know they all like that game. Uh, but yeah, rightfully, Spears rightfully earning his crunchy snack that he just ate sitting behind MJF. He just sat on a chair and ate a crunchy snack as MJF was cutting his promo. It's like, good boy? <laughs> I don't know why he got to say one little line then eat a eat, uh, chewable. <laughs> okay then. Uh, on full gear... Uh, uh, yeah, our full gear Victor shitting on Hangman and how he deserves to be the next AEW World Champion, saying the fra- one of those phrases you can't say in wrestling. No one in that locker room is on my level. Uh, okay, <laughs> he's, he's done it oh, now. Also, they they sent that man out there in Virginia for a reason too. Oh, like, mm. like, like I feel like they tell they're telling us something without telling us with MJF. <laughs> Are they? They know what they know what they're doing. <laughs> they, we've already established this. Yeah, with every little detail, they know what they're doing. <laughs> like later with um, when uh, the acclaimed did their rap, and it's mm-hmm. always a good thing we're in a Virginia because you two are both virgins. And Leo's, Leo's just like, I've got three kids. <laughs> like, I don't know what to like tell you. <laughs> yeah. You, usually, I like what Max does. I thought this one was kind of a miss. <laughs> it, I'd say it was every thing you were expecting I put in the kind of blatant thing to go after barrel yeah and we just went straight for it like no hesitation <laughs> whatsoever 
But oh, we're in Virginia and you two are virgins. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. At least, at least MJF called called them shitheads. <laughs> like you're awful. Yeah. <laughs> at least it's that. Uh, when look in my eyes, I see CM Punk. I've not got my guitar next to me to do the bit. Oh well. <laughs> They're Punk standing arms folded opposite Friedman as the crowd chant, "Holy shit!" He doesn't have to say a word. He just stands there with his arms folded, and Maxwell jokingly offers a handshake. And Punk just smiles and walks away. It's like, ah, oh, yes. Just like with the Kingston thing, they know where the money Bro, is. <laughs> this shit is so funny because it's like, they've, like, I feel like everyone has seen the picture of MJF and CM Punk together. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you, like, Punk is like, Bro, you think I don't know you? Like, you were, <laughs> you were a young boy, damn near. Like, I'm your, I'm your hero. <laughs> like, I know you ain't out here. I know this, I know you aren't trying to disrespect and, and overstep the lines. So I'm just going to have to come see you and make a fool out of you. So um, I'm sure the promos for this will be excellent. I think Punk's finding his groove, and MJF is ready for anyone. Oh, yeah. And this is like a massive elevation for him. For a man on this scale with this level of feud, after he's coming out of a massive grudge match with Eddie Kingston, to then go to something like this, that's, that's telling you what they see in MJF. Like he really is the future. And they use this to tell you, pretty much, he's going to feud with Punk, he's going to get elevated, and then he's going to face Hangman. Like They, they told you this beforehand, because, again, once again, when you have creative control, you write the stuff. <laughs> so you know what's coming next. <laughs> and that's what this was. Like They don't have to blatantly tell you. It's just I think like I know not everybody can like film read film language. I've seen it firsthand. Right. It, it's just whenever I meet somebody who can't do it, I'm just like they told you. And I was like, oh, you knew that was going to happen because it was predictable. No, they told you. <laughs> they told you it was going to happen. Right, right. And that's just, that's what AEW do really well. They they, they establish that thing of oh, you know that's going to happen. You hear somebody say that. I reckon in a month you'll say oh, you knew MJF would be next. Yes, because they bloody told you immediately after right. full gear. <laughs> They told you right. he is the next challenger. And yeah, I feel like this is a perfect way to elevate, especially if they are going to hold over Christmas, the Danielson stuff, and then give it us at the start of the year. For me, it kind of makes sense of, you can use all of this time to build up MJF. Like, you've got the time to right. do it. Like, and I don't know if they're going to do that or they're, if they're going to go with Punk, but hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm unsure which way to go. I think there's a great argument for MJF winning. Um, but Punk is hot too, so like, I don't know. Maybe they just, you just let them cut the promos and see who feels like they <laughs> they broke through a little more. It actually, yeah, you can just judge it. It does actually. I don't think it actually matters who wins, really. Just pick, pick, pick whoever. The this next story works perfectly fine. Like like swapping by uh, John Moxley with Brian Danielson, it's worked out perfectly fine. <laughs> you got two right, guys right. on that similar trajectory. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, teleporting Tony again backstage this time with Darby Allen. The lad refuses to take time off and wants the best. When the opposite of that, <laughs> in the gun club, rolls up to the challenge and just <laughs> just each deliver a crap line and leave. <laughs> it's like, to be fair, Darby Allen's just going to beat them. It's all right. <laughs> I'm fine with this. All right. Yeah, I, I saw this and I was like, the gun club? Like, really? <laughs> I know the guns mm. are like undefeated on Dark and Elevation. Um like they never lose in their six man matches. Um, they're doing this big man little thing, little man thing, and it's kind of like, all right, remember how they gave Brian Pillman to MJF after last pay per view? This is kind of the same thing. 
Um, however, if, if, if I was someone that uh, didn't know any better, I would think they were trying to undermine Darby Allen and make sure <laughs> he doesn't start getting sheared too much uh, by putting him with Billy Gunn. But um, I guess we'll see how it works out. Um, they got their match coming Friday. So I'm anticipating on Darby winning. Hopefully it's in an impressive way. Mm. Yeah. And A up Frank in the chat to saying hello to us, which is nice. Hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> uh, oh, man, Frank. <laughs> often it's uh, whoever pops into the chat sometimes just has a paragraph and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> no, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Can't read it all. Sorry. <laughs> like, this, 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 we're live, pal. <laughs> like Jim Ross would say. <laughs> Well, that's, that's one of the things I, I sometimes when I look at the tweets I want to send and the tweets I actually send, it's just like I want to send like a full. Pa- There's a reason I write columns. <laughs> like I do. Right, yeah. right. And what I actually send, I'm just like that's got no context to it. I <laughs> don't get that on Twitter. I like I am. I, I often think that place is not made for me. Like my hottest take in wrestling for years was that I understood. I could see that Bobby Fish was a really good wrestler. I just personally found him a little bit boring. That was my hottest take for years. <laughs> it was just... I, I 100% agree. Like, I, I've got yeah. this thing in our friend group where every time Bobby mm. Fish comes on, I'm just, like, furious, wondering why he's here. Um, <laughs> but now, like, if, if he's going to settle into, like, some tag team role, I think it's much more palatable because I mm. think that's where he belongs. Um, I I did not... I was I got very tired of the Bobby Fish Make-A-Wish tour um, that was going on <laughs> his first mm. couple of weeks in the company. But, <laughs> And uh, I calmed down since. I did like uh, last week Denise Salcedo putting out a tweet just saying, Jungle Boy versus Bobby Fish. It's the land versus water. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, man. That's <laughs> just, funny. Just do a, do a massive Survivor Series style elimination with land versus water. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what people could come up with that. All I could think of was the waves of Walter. If put brackets around the L, it works. <laughs> right, That's right. It. Uh, but this leads us on really well to the next segment. The Super Click, they're tired of the trio that beat them at full gear. This is it. This is the end of the road. We're done here. Uh, I did like how... Small man anger. Well, they did it for both of those promos, where at the start of the show, where it was with Kenny and here as well, they were, go, they were just saying to okay, okay, Brandon, let's give it another go. It's just like, they're selling, that they're just not with it. It's taken them multiple yeah. tries to do these promos, and by the end, they're fine. <laughs> just are. Oh, yeah. Delivering them. And there's one thing that I kind of missed earlier with that promo where Kenny at the start of it he just says I've not seen the match back yet but this and that and it's like that's why he trusts the books he's not watched it he doesn't know <laughs> it's like, but they made sure to tell us that <laughs> like, oh, just every little detail he's picked up on yeah I love this company Cole does the, uh, he does the cleaner I got this line which, which <laughs> popped like all the uh, the Twitter heads and um, everything like that Mm. Obviously, there's going to be tension there because Kenny's like, I wasn't freaking talking to you. I'm talking to Bucks. Like, <laughs> like we built this company, bro. Like, you <laughs> like you just coming back into mm. this. Like, know your role. Like, I, I thought he was this close from telling him that. But um, Kenny d- gets a write-off kind of in that segment. Sad to see him go. I think mm. he's, like, um, he's been incredible, quite frankly, from the, the entire run. Uh, he's probably running overdrive as far as injury-wise. It looks like he's headed towards um, surgery and all that, so hopefully he gets uh, fixed and he's got the springs back. But um, yeah, Bucks and Cole are pissed right now, and oh yeah, uh, I think their anger like we're gonna see like where all that leads, and um, 
I wouldn't be shocked like if <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly came on in and he mm. jumps in the fray and that's going to be my next point a, yes yeah <laughs> so I'll let you go ahead on that <laughs> so with the books not cleared Cole brings in Bobby Fish to take on Jungle Express who uh, runs them down he runs down his opponents but gets stopped from calling he and Cole's win undis and then both the books just like no, you can't do that here no 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 <laughs> just, that's where all the promos end but no 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 and I just, I really like that they're building a little bit of a rift between Cole and Omega, nice and subtly. And they've even established one between Kenny and the books to pick at later. So oh, you've established yeah. there might be a wound to go for there. You're not gone for it because Kenny's leaving and he's not watched the match back, so he doesn't know. Oh, so good. Then here you bring in Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly's contract runs out soon. Just like so many other people. Where you look at them and you go, you would be just perfect for AEW. Like that is a promotion for you, and kind of is one of those people. Like I'm not for me, that's not a pro WWE thing or pro AEW thing. It's just like I look at him as a style of wrestler, the kind of company WWE is. The he's philosophy just, that's going yeah. on with who they're pushing, who they historically yeah. push. Yeah, like he's just not going to get a look in, and if he does, it'd be temporary, then to nothing, which I highly doubt as well. Cool Kyle's not going to get over on the main roster. <laughs> He's not over in he NXT. He didn't even get over in NXT. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, if it doesn't work, yeah, it's just, it's not going to happen. Like, no, no. <laughs> so, but with AW, you can immediately see, well, he's a fantastic wrestler, therefore he's already got what he would be in AW. Like, they don't need to try and cool Kyle him. <laughs> that doesn't need right. to exist. They just, like, he's a fantastic wrestler, you know his history, they can lean on to the Unspeed Era stuff. But, because you can build that up and you've got Bobby Fish being bought in by Adam Cole that rift is there already uh, between he and Omega you just need that one piece and he can kickstart Undisputed Era and he, Bobby Fish wanting to do the Undisputed Era thing that's just, oh, it's just a nice little tie-in as well where yeah, yeah. a tease that one day he can actually do it <laughs> that's what they built he'll come up with a new name or something but the yeah, era. I see what they're going for <laughs> yeah something better something be- so I think someone established like a play on the Ring of Honor name as a tribute but like, they're not dead they're just reforming <laughs> so I, don't know, I don't know if it's uh, really worth it too soon <laughs> think of a way to do it uh, but yeah really looking forward to whatever they do with this they're setting up something can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. Right. All right. I am pressing buttons all over my word document for no reason. <laughs> right, here we go. Leo Rush and Dante Martin versus the Acclaims. We tickled on it a little bit earlier, <laughs> but it's uh, finding it to dive into this one. And like that's and that is how this match immediately started. Dives to cut the chatty. I can't say it. Dives to cut off the chatty chappies. Oh god, that was difficult. <laughs> Interesting tact to diss. He's got three kids. Leo as a virgin, but <laughs> in Virginia. There's only one insult you can possibly do, apparently, <laughs> in Virginia. Yeah. As, I, as Rich was saying earlier, so, oh, they, yeah, they went for it. <laughs> Not much more to say. Uh, I can't remember any of his other lines. Oh, it was the um, more you've had more partners than Pete Davidson. That was it. That was the other yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, just the hot topic of the moment. Okay, and he's cool. just stick to managing. I'm mm. like, all right. Yeah. And, but it, it, he didn't really get him, get him the way he did, <laughs> I think, on Rampage. So. <laughs> mm. And because the, the only thing I know about the Pete Davidson thing is uh, somebody on Twitter was just like, Pete, all of you reacting, like, oh, Pete Davidson's done it today. Again, like, I bet you he's just texting, do you want to hang out? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> 
<laughs> that man. Yeah, doesn't. I don't really know too much about old Pete, but he seems to um, hang out with the women's. Mm. <laughs> like I've watched SNL. He's a funny man. That's all I know about Pete Davidson. <laughs> That's all I've got. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, and this this match here was the first time we've seen Dante's double spring sport springboard dodged as AEW's wrestlers continue to show that they watch the product. Insane. They, they're not caught off guard by a thing that happens every single week. Eventually, because you saw this, it's one of my favourite things with Okada as well, where he watched his matches as champion. Over the course of his reign, people started to adapt to him. Then right. after that, he had to adapt and change out his moveset and bring in new things because people started, they, people adapted, then he adapted to the adaption. Rinse and repeat. And it I just... hope he adapts to the fact we hate the money club. <laughs> he's <laughs> I, I would say right now I prefer how he's using it now where it's just a transitional move before he then moves yeah. to the next bit it's better than this is how the match will finish <laughs> it's like right. just what you mean with the crowd dead <laughs> I don't want this <laughs> this is great Oh, like, the only time I've popped for like a really long submission like that at the end of a match the only one I can think of is Yuji Nagata beating uh, Kensei Suzuki uh, no, Kensuke Sasaki. I forgot his name. Power Warrior. Oh. Ken- Kensuke Sasaki. That's it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've talked about that match a lot, like enough times. <laughs> it's no name. But at the end of that match, like Yuji Nagata's just choking him out for like three, four minutes straight. But uh-huh. obviously, like Saki's got blood dripping down his face because they've had like a life or death match. I think it was called. <laughs> and it's uh-huh. like. That is that match was a war. It's the best kind of blood feud match I've ever seen. Check it out. January I don't know it. if I've seen that. I, I know I've watched Kensuke Kobashi and Kensuke Sasaki. I don't think mm. I've watched Yuji Nagata and Kensuke Sasaki. Mm. This one, it was in New Japan at the uh, the January 4th show, whatever it was called, in 2003. Like, one okay. of my favorite New Japan matches. It's the, like, the best blood feud I've ever seen. So good. But that's the only time I've kind of popped for the long submission ending. Because, like, again, the both of them were dripping with blood, and eventually one of them just collapsed. <laughs> it's like, oh, compared to the money clip, where I'm just bored. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, Kazuki, you're better than this. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, anyway, this match was the exact opposite of that. <laughs> that the, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. But and the main point I was talking about was we're seeing Dante's moves for the first time start to be dodged and countered because the wrestlers watched the show. Again, not a crazy concept, but it feels so fresh to see something like it. Uh, as uh, Martin himself stopping Bowens to nail the second attempt at the springboard, uh, yeah, double springboard, setting up Rush for his awesome mighty frog splash. I forgot how great that was. So damn strong. But yeah, uh, what did you make of this awesome fast match? I love, I love this match. I didn't know that these guys would work together so well. I think Bowens has been on a roll going back to his Brian Danielson and uh, the Jungle Boy matches, and then he's rolling into it here. And I think the acclaimed are really glo- growing into their own as Caster. Um, I think he's like he. I, I didn't think he had his best night rapping here, but of late he's been really good. And with Bowens, like that's a that's an act that can you know it has a lot of historical precedent. Like you know, really good worker, um, guy that can talk or you know cut the promos, and you know teams have existed like that forever, um, mm. and had lots of success, sold a lot of merch. And then Leo Rush and Dante Martin is just like, when do we get them fighting the Young Bucks? When do they fight the Lucha Bros? Like, mm. uh, these guys uh, are 
the the crisscross zigzag thing they were doing like i've never seen that before like that was just just nuts um i thought i think leo rushes look awesome and it's like why on earth would they make this guy a manager and i i don't know but and dante martin you know i've seen people refer to him as the uh as the fifth pillar you know the unofficial pillar right there and (laughs) this is another example he's starting to get wins and he's kind of like Michael from The Wire. Everyone's trying to get him to join their gang because <laughs> they see the the potential in this young star. <laughs> Reference I get now because I've watched The Wire. <laughs> just... Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I really like that dynamic that they're doing there because it makes Dante Martin feel like this amazing superstar of the future when Taz so desperately wants him. And yep. I, sw- I swear we saw this not long ago somewhere else. Oh, it was MVP. MVP did it as well with the Hurt Business. Where mm-hmm. he was just saying he was, he was trying to recruit all of these guys. It's like when when he was, when he got Cedric Alexander, it was just they were like, "We want you. We, we even want Ali. We want Ricochet. You're all really great wrestlers." And it's just that thing of, yeah, MVP then gets angry at them because he didn't want to join him, <laughs> which is great and it makes them seem strong because he wanted them in the group initially. So yeah, right. Like it's a simple formula and it really works. And uh, probably right. we've got a question in the chat of. Uh, do we think uh, they'll do long Hall of Fame speeches or don't do any? Yes, the short speeches suck. Uh, a tad off topic, but I want to address it. <laughs> um, this year, if it, I'm assuming you are talking about the WWE Hall of Fame, it was lacking nouns. <laughs> that comment. But uh, yeah, so this year, the last thing I would ever want to see is a long Hall of Fame speech in the dystopian sci-fi setting of the Thunderdome. <laughs> it's the last thing I want to see. It's, but with fans there, it's a bit more bearable. Um, obviously not for the wrestlers as like they left Goldbergs because it was just so long <laughs> and they're like we have got Wrestlemania to get to guys <laughs> like can we please preserve <laughs> our energy bro I haven't watched a Hall of Fame ceremony in like I don't think I've watched one since like 2017 maybe I was trying to think I I skimmed through the this so this year's I had on in the background whilst doing stuff and that's if that counts as watching it I listened partly also left when the, like, it was perfectly fine to leave it more, it's more so that I, so I had experienced this again. It really felt like it's where it really jumped out on me. It's like, oh my god, this is the dystopian future we warned about in Arnold Schwarzenegger movies in the eighties. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Just so, just it's just the way like you have David Hot Smith speaking out to the crowd, to fake ch- piped in applauses at a Hall of Fame. <laughs> that just screen the screens of people and the sound coming out is piped in noise from. A, a soundboard like this is crazy <laughs> it's not even well that's my, my worst thing about the Thunderdome not to go even more off topic <laughs> but my least favourite thing was it wasn't just that they were pumping in the sound it's that it was mixed so badly <laughs> that was my mm. main thing like we saw it in sports as well where so I don't know what how if they did it well in any of the sports in America but over here you could just tell that it's just a bloke pressing a button because it just wasn't mixed it was just oh that's yeah. time for this sound now Ugh, <laughs> I, I've really noticed it um, on the some of the shows that I've watched since actually fans have been back. They've Ooh. just w- mm. there's a they they've opened up this toothpaste and it's never going back in the tube. Like mm. so, which sucks for me. It's like AR where I'm like, but it, but it's crap. <laughs> Why are <you> still doing it? <laughs> and it's 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 one of the things where they they think it's good. And for me, it's a level of overproduction. Like, right. like you do know America's got talent. Is recorded, and they mix it and edit it together, right? <laughs> so that's why, like, yes, that's still the same thing. Where that that, that none of that is genuine. <laughs> it's fine. It's heavily right. edited, massively overproduced. 
But if you're trying to do that live, you're mental. <laughs> Especially if you don't have someone who knows what they're doing, which they clearly don't right. with this. And it's, yeah, it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand it. Because <laughs> it feels cheap and crap. And especially the number one thing it tells me is you are conscious that the fans aren't doing what you want. And instead of writing a better show, you pipe in reactions. <laughs> it's just, uh, that's not the fix here. Your show still sucks. Yep. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I hate it. I, I, I hate mm. the adjusting of, I don't know. I like, I feel like there are things in wrestling. Like if you can lean on the truth, it makes it even better when you have to pull the con. Like mm. I was talking about earlier, like they've shown this history of people triumphing in their hometown. So now when they have to pull the con to get the storyline over of beating people, uh, where they happen to, you know, hail from, <laughs> It'll be more effective. Mm. Compared to every single time <laughs> home person is in their hometown, they are getting beat. Um, yeah. 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 Surprisingly enough, it's quite nice to have a feel good promotion because you feel good. Not a big concept. Right, right. <laughs> not a huge concept. There's the idea of what if, as a promotion, we're not the bad guys and we just build what people want to see? <laughs> it's like, oh, what a lovely feeling. What a lovely. Like, it's like. Because uh, I saw, saw somebody just with a bad faith comment of just saying that, like, well, AW only get that because they're getting the home people to win. It's just like, WWE can do this too. <laughs> like, this is, there's it, nothing like, stopping them. Yeah, like we were saying earlier, yeah. this is not some illegal thing. This mm. is this is something that they have control over. <laughs> yeah. um, this is not a sneak attack, you know. <laughs> none of that. Mm. Like, this isn't some foreign booking idea. This is like, hey. You got someone that's a hometown star. You can actually make them mean something. Um, <laughs> try, you know, try mm. to, to reward them. Try to make the crowd happy. But we mm. all don't subscribe to the same philosophies. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, you know, there is no transition to this next bit. Christian, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Something tells me Christian's line of never bring a fish to a fist fight isn't going to catch on. <laughs> so he tells me it's... <laughs> It's like, oh, it got a little chuckle out of me because it was so bad. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's an old guy. He's allowed to miss. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> he can make dad jokes. <laughs> he's at that age. <laughs> it's all right. And uh, But after this as well, the next thing that hit me, the hype just keeps on rolling. Where they When they go through the cards for Rampage and Dynamite over the next shows, it's just like, they just keep generating their own hype to that point where the next show feels like the biggest deal in the world because you want to see so many things on that show and because they're rotating guys you don't feel like oh it's this again again like I've watched they've one of the most not been as bad with this recently when I say recently it's been like two weeks so that's good for them mm -hmm. but you tune into the show you're like okay they're building a tag feud therefore the champions get pinned we have our singles matches we have the match <laughs> rinse and repeat every single like the women's tag team titles Every ever since they finished the Kabuki Warriors versus Banks and Bailey, which was an amazing feud, after that, it's been the same feud again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> and with this latest one, I'm like, come on, you're not gonna do uh, they did it again. I was <laughs> just like, oh, come on, you can't be serious. <laughs> it's just, uh, can they coexist? Awkward oh, tag that. team partners, <laughs> the you fact know, that they mismatched tag team partners <laughs> for me, it was the fact that they built up two WrestleMania's. Two WrestleMania women's matches with the exact same can they coexist storyline. <laughs> like that is yeah. incredible. <laughs> to, to 
coexist two coexist storylines. <laughs> like what? That is that is insane. <laughs> and if you watch Raw, they'd be like, oh, but can Ali coexist with Mansoor? Can Randy Orton coexist with Matt Riddle? It's like, come on, guy. And then Survivor Series is a pay per view built out of, of can they coexist? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, but you know who can coexist? It's Cold and Fish as they face Jungle Express on Rampage. No, you don't have to wait till next week. This is on Rampage. Also on that show, Darby Allin versus Billy Gunn, blasting through that one quickly. And the next TBS Championship Tournament quarterfinal match in Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. I'm, I'm generally really looking forward to that one. I feel like that's they have nice, a really good pairing. Nice little video package they did for, mm. for the Red Velvet and Jade Cargill. It's like, it made you feel like, all right, it might not be today. It might not be like, you know, on Rampage. But Jade's or Red Velvet is going to beat Jade one day. Mm. Um, I'm I'm going to go on the record now and say it's not going to be here, but it could be for championship one day. Mm. <laughs> and they've been linked uh, since Jade has showed up, and I like their um, their chemistry together. They like in a way, I think what they're doing feels more real than I uh, hate to keep comparing stuff to WWE than Charlotte and Becky. Like there's like a level of like physicality and, and call and response that they're doing. It's just like, I, I feel a little bit more pulled in by it. Oh yeah, yeah, totally as well. And especially as I watch this and I'm just getting such strong vibes of Shingo Takagi in the best of the super juniors, the biggest junior there ever sure. was. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, when he was in that tournament, he was undefeated and they made him right. seem like the biggest deal and he's having amazing matches. And he's just like, I can see this guy carrying this division. He could easily win. Then when Osprey beats him in the final. For me, that's exactly what you do with Jay Cargo. You build her up, you build her up. She does not lose all the way to the top. Then you have whichever babyface faces her. Whoever it is, you just do that. It's like, yes, right. I'm all in. I'm assuming it's going to be Ruby Riot, maybe. Or Ruby Soho. Let's <laughs> get off my WWE thing. But, yeah, that's for me, that's 100% the way to go. Just because Jay Cargo feels like this is all made for her. And you you make everything going into like, even she's he, she and Mark Sterling talking that exact same way like this type of championship it's for her look at the initials on the thing they've she's made it her <laughs> thing already <laughs> it's just a, it is that bitch show <laughs> it's just yeah. or yeah, immediately I saw it as what the big show <laughs> he just changed one of the big show uh, but still the fact that she's been so cocky that she's going for it already perfect to have a go to the final and lose. It's, it's all been set up. Right. Yeah, uh, it's really solid. Also, speaking of solid, on Dynamite next week, it's the Thanksgiving show. Hooray, get ready for Black Friday deals, everyone. You can buy Christmas stuff, finally. I never remember. <laughs> Black Friday's really recent over here. We didn't have it until, like, really recently. So I have really? to... I have to... Well, it, it didn't even catch on. Like, the actual physically waiting outside of stores. Because well, like, the reason for Black Friday even exists in the first place, we don't have that history. So it's, like, Correct. a very good thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, it's one of the things when I thought about it, I was like, why don't we have Black Friday? And then I thought about it for a minute. It's like, I didn't know that makes a lot of sense. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. right. uh, but that's what commercial I part. think the online game has changed everything. Like, there's no real reason to, like, oh, yeah. do the physical store thing unless you just wash your hands on something. <laughs> like, we so one year we trialed the physical store thing. And, yeah, the craziness did happen, but didn't really take to it. But when the online right. sales happened afterwards, we really took to it. So we do the online. Yep. We have Black Friday. We have the mass deals, but it's all online. There is no physical craziness. <laughs> just, they were like, uh, 
they're like, it's quite cold. <laughs> don't really want to. <laughs> don't really want to do this. <laughs> Not really worth it. <laughs> And there are a lot of idiots in my country, so giving them that amount of hype, they will not handle it. <laughs> not everyone right. can take it. Uh, yeah, th- those those shops did get stormed for no good product. <laughs> like, it's no reason. <laughs> like, uh, and the, the the amount of people afterwards are just like, you get just as good deals just online, and I've not have to leave my bed, <laughs> so I'll just do right, that. Right. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I never remember to wait. I keep thinking in November, oh, I need to be doing my Christmas shopping because it's November. That's what I've been conditioned to do. Start thinking about my Christmas stuff. But Black Friday exists now. So I have to do it at the end of the month. I just never remember. One right. year. One year I'll actually <laughs> remember that, oh, yeah, crap, there's a set period to actually do this now. Uh, and you get everything for half the price. It's definitely worth it. And no, PS5s will not be on sale. Have you seen what's happening with the stock? <laughs> like, no, that's not going on sale for at least another year. And if it is going on sale, it's like for ten pounds. <laughs> like, it's not, right, it's right. not falling. Uh, anyway, uh, also on Dynamite, I went off a massive tangent there. <laughs> Brian Danielson versus Colt Cabana, uh, the TBS Championship Tournament quarterfinal of Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa, and our big Thanksgiving multi-man main event: Cody, Pack, and the Lucha Bros versus Andrade, Malakai, and FTR. Uh, that'll that's so many fan- amazing wrestlers in that match. Um, we're going to get possibly the best multi-man match of the week <laughs> on Wednesday. Like, AEW throwing the hat in the ring. That's, that's going to be interesting. Um, I think, especially like with Cody's like kind of thing, you know, it's tough to evaluate everyone around him, I think. And it just seems like more people are getting like spun into this web of Codyism. So... Um, it'll it'll be another chapter. I'm sure we'll be talking about it on One Nation Radio. Like, but mm-hmm. we've we've talked like every week, kind of the deeper we've gone into this thing and just trying to figure out where it's going. What is the actual story, or is it just something he's doing just to prove something to himself uh, about his philosophy on wrestling? Um, I don't know, man. I, I just hope that no one ends up worse like if anybody's gonna end up worse for it it needs to just be him i just hope it doesn't affect anybody else oh 100 percent. if that if they are leaning into it i really really like the idea of the arc i really love the idea of him homelandering himself it's <laughs> just the <laughs> i am the baby face that is loved by the people but he desperately needs that love and becomes a massive dick when he doesn't get it <laughs> just right, like right. Uh, like a, it's actually really really fragile ego in reality but you need time to get that across especially in wrestling. Right. Yeah, they can do it. They can do it. And that leads us to the main event, the TNT Championship, Sammy Guevara versus Jay Lethal, with Tony Nice still just watching from ringside, just like, oh, uh, he's still there. <laughs> Good for you, Tony. One day you'll debut. Maybe by the time, like this time next year, you will have debuts. <laughs> just, just maybe, maybe long term it just turns into a running gag. Oh, this week Tony Nice is watching this match. And that's his entire character. <laughs> nothing more. Yo, Tony needs just hanging out. Be like, yeah. I'm not here to wrestle. Like, I'm just, I'm taking it in, you know? <laughs> like, did you know they're paying me for this? This is an amazing gig. <laughs> right. You get to walk out, watch a match, and then walk back again. <laughs> it's amazing. They, they, can sell, they, they can sell VIP packages, you know? Hey, watch the show with Tony Nice. You know? <laughs> oh, yes, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> Instead of the, the who, look who's debuting on NXT now seat. <laughs> She's just kind of like there. <laughs> Because um, right. I can't remember who was talking. Somebody had gone to an NXT show, and they were just saying they had no idea that they did this. Oh, it was um, Leaf, former yeah, former writer for Wrestling Headlines, and mm-hmm. he went to one of the NXT UK shows, 
it was when they were doing them in that amazing ballroom, uh, those first couple of shows. And he was just telling me that he had absolutely no idea that those wrestlers weren't there outside of that thing because <laughs> he was sat right behind where they were sitting them <laughs> for one of uh-huh. those shows. And he was just like, I was just watching the show and suddenly bloody Johnny Sake comes up and <laughs> just sits right in front of me. <laughs> it's like, oh, yep. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and I'm just sitting, I was sitting there going, well, yeah, the only reason I knew that is because they didn't even try to do different locations. So when they have more than one person on the show, they sit in the exact same seat next to the same people and they just hope that right. you wouldn't recognize the crowd around them. It's like, ah, I'm somebody who will do that. <laughs> Surprisingly enough. Uh, I'm somebody who ruined a stand-up comedian's... Uh, oh, actually, no, I'm going to name-drop him. Uh, Daniel Slas. I ruined his DVD recording because... Oh, no. My... And it was his, his first DVD. And, uh, like, we know him outside of uh, this. And, um, like, it's obviously first DVD recording, big thing, big day. Stayed around with him with his other friends, kind of making him laugh type of thing. Then in the DVD <clears> recording, <throat> me and my brother, he was wearing a bright purple hoodie. I was wearing a bright red hoodie. And for the because it was uh, for the DVD, they do two different recordings and mix it together, and that's how they do stand-up comedy DVDs. But uh, for the no, but they just in case things don't get a laugh, the second recording they probably you'll get different laughs, so it works well. But yeah, bright purple, bright red hoodies, and then we switched seats between the recordings. <laughs> so very blatantly, these really bright colours every time we touch the crowd are in completely different positions, <laughs> and it really messes with you when they do like. They do that quick cut of a cut to the crowd, then he talks again, then back to the crowd again. And I'm like, the editors must have hated us. <laughs> it just right, ruined right. all continuity. <laughs> it's completely broken. Uh, anyway, the main event, Guevara versus Lethal. Uh, actually, first off, before I go into detail, Rich, what did you make of this main event? I loved it. Oh, my God. Um, there was, like, real feeling that Sammy was going to lose the belt. Mm. I'm a huge Sammy Guevara fan. Uh, picked him out very early as somebody I would tie... Uh, one of my flags too in the promotion. Happy to see him thriving. Another uh, epic defense. I think I was like four stars on this match. Jay Lethal. I don't think I've seen him wrestle that well in a long time. I don't know what I was really expecting, uh, but he looked incredibly motivated. And I was like, man, if he's gonna do that, like shit, get, sign me up for some more. Um, but yeah, this was like uh, they did a lot of like they did some high speed stuff in the beginning of the match. They sold Sammy's rib thing enough, like during the picture in picture, to where like you were paying attention. Where it was like, hold on, are they about to stop the match? And I think a lot of my mm. friends bought it. I was like, nah, they're working, um, just because like you know I assume almost everything's a work. But um, yeah, I think this was like uh, this is a big match, especially like Sammy coming off the um, the the inner circle thing. I think a lot of people are calling for him to get a little more active with the title defenses. And I'd like to remind people that he did a lot of the same stuff with Darby. Like, they still had his tag team feud going through a pay-per-view. And then after that pay-per-view, like, he kind of hit the ground running with the defenses. Like, you got to think Tony Nese is going to get in there with him. Um, you got to think there's more wrestlers lined up um, for uh, Sammy. And what Sammy's going to get to do is just be athletic and spectacular. And But I don't want to forget Jay Lethal. I think Jay Lethal was very, very impressive in this match. Um, a lot of questions around him, like mm. with, with everything mm. um, going on, and I feel like I don't know enough of the stories to really um, pass too much judgment. But yeah, I I would say um, 
something has to get figured out with that situation soon by either him or the company or something. Just because I think the longer, the better he is, I think it's going to be more awkward. Ironically, mm. it's like if he came in and stunk, yeah. I think people <laughs> could just kind of forget about it. But like the way he performed was like, oh shit! I think he could put, win a belt one day. And the I think the second that that rears its head, like he wins the title or something everything's going to come out in a more um, aggressive way than it did when he first signed with the company. And uh, I had said in my group chat the other day, I was like, it's almost like he'd be solving one problem and creating another. Mm. So uh, I just hope everything, you know, gets like whatever that situation is, like the best result happens. But just strictly for this match, like, oh man, this match was ruled. Like Mm. it was a hell of a main event, capping off a hell of a show. I mean, because we've seen the opposite of that with Will Ospreay where it was just never addressed and it constantly just hangs there and it, yeah. it, it doesn't go away. <laughs> this is not the sort of thing that, especially now, like, no, this you can't just let this slide. Or pretend it didn't, just ignore it. That's not how it's going to work anymore. <clears throat> so right. that still hangs over Osprey's head and it's not it's not been addressed at all. And you, so to this day, you still see the, I say still, it's only been a year and a half because Again, right. lockdown has warped all sense of time. <laughs> like a year ago feels like a lifetime. Like watching the Royal Rumble 2020, that feels like it was five years ago. Like, and, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, uh, but yes, yeah, so um, it's not addressed. Then. One other, one other, one other thing, Sammy. Like, since there's going to be no Kenny around, like I think mm. a good custodian of the V trigger would be um, <laughs> oh, Sammy Guevara. Brutal in this match. <laughs> it was so yes. good. <laughs> Uh, the ones to set up, yeah, two brutal uh, knee strikes to set up the go to hell. It's like, oh, that was, yep. yeah, which, which in itself, I keep forgetting, is a knee strike in a, in a way. <laughs> it's just, oh, it right. works so damn well. And, yeah, but, yeah, for me, this was, it reminded me of TNA Lethal, just the drive that was there. Immediately think, like, um, when I first started watching TNA, this, the feud that actually pulled me in, because I didn't really care for any of the former WCW stuff in the main event. Like, unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. me, born in 92, no nostalgia for it. <laughs> like, it meant nothing to me. <laughs> it's like, oh, this old man. These old blokes. Yeah, this random old guy's turned up and they're hyping up like a big star. I don't know who he is. <laughs> it means nothing to me. <laughs> but with the, like, with Jay Lethal versus Sanjay Dutt, that was the feud that actually got me. That's the one that got me hooked into there, that the X Division and them two having that amazing fuse over SoCal Val. That was it. That was the valet. <laughs> that was. For me, that's one of my favourite initial feuds that I've watched in Ada, in TNA. And I've sent it to Drive in watching Jay Lethal here. Because at that point, it was, this guy could rise. And he would a bit. He would rise a little bit in TNA. But they obviously never saw... Like, his height after that was having a woo battle with Ric Flair. Like, that was the height he got through. Hey, that yeah. video's lived a long time. <laughs> I was going to say. Um... It's been like 12 years. <laughs> it's still relevant. Oh, this is uh, awesome. Uh, but yeah, the match itself... As which said, uh, Sammy fighting through rib pain as the do- against the doctor's advice with Doc Samson just out there. It's like, no, you can't continue, Sammy. And I had the thing of, because I'm watching the next day, that I knew that there's, oh, I can look at the time left. <laughs> I know it's not finishing yet. It's a, it's a little con where if they're doing a thing like that, if when you're watching live, you don't know what could happen. But watching right. recorded, well, it was like, well, I know there's like 10 minutes left. <laughs> so they're not just going <laughs> to call it here. Or end the show early or anything. We're going against Doctor's advice, and that led on from the match at Full Gear, where he did jump off a 15-foot ladder. Like it kind of makes sense; his ribs might hurt a little bit. 
Yeah, which... came up there um, looking like DDP. <laughs> oh, he always, he always had that. I was gonna say, was that again? Not in my not in my era. Was that was that? Just... Okay, so, <laughs> so so it started like it was legit, right? And mm. then I think it just went on so long, like he just kept taping up after mm. that. Is that for me? My only DDP story is. I had played a WWF video game at my friend's house. There was a lot of marketing mm-hmm. for WrestleMania uh, X8, I think it was, in our country at the time. And uh-huh. they and I asked my mum, can I get some wrestling toys? Uh, obviously, a, a bit more like a child. <laughs> We're very, very, very uh, posh over here in England. Uh, dearest mother, can I please have some wrestling toys? <laughs> but uh, And then she came back with what I thought was Triple H and Stone Cold. That's what I thought were the toys. Turns uh-huh. out it was Goldberg and DDP, and I found out, and they've got magnetic hands, and they kind of joined together, <laughs> and just. But as a kid, Man. for years, because it wasn't until I was older, I was like, oh yeah, I've got like a Chris Jericho, which would talk during the night, so it scared the living crap out of you. Where I just randomly just got Chris Jericho in my room going, huh! <laughs> it's just, just <laughs> like terrifying. Um, well, I'm gonna get you, bitch, or <laughs> something like that. It's just. <laughs> He just in the middle of the night randomly. It's one of those like the button on the back broke, so the voice would just randomly play. <laughs> Random right. voice. Um, but yes, yeah, so I thought for years I had a Stone Cold and Triple H toy, and then I went into the little box that you had them. You did not. I did not. <laughs> Proof: If you have a kid, you can buy them literally anything. <laughs> Especially when they're younger. <laughs> like, oh, well, they might not. They might not care about this thing. Like, just give them any old shit. <laughs> They'll be happy with it. <laughs> it's all right. I've watched a three-year-old be absolutely astounded that I can make a squeaky toy squeak because she just could not figure out how to make it squeak. And when I did it, it was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> like, trust me. Right, right. Any old shit. Um, but anyway, yeah, I love that the, again, the continuity. Sammy's got his ribs taped up because he did, he did a daring stunt in the match. And that then Jay Lethal took advantage as a, a little bit of a Healy type thing. And in this match, there was like little, because uh, of course, his first match, there's not a strong alignment, but he was definitely the villain of the piece. <laughs> I'll say, out of the two of them. Um, but yeah, really putting into effort, in that effort into it, convincing us that Sammy might actually lose this. And like, it really was a mistake to take this match, especially as I did that spot with uh, Doc Sampson going, no, you can't continue, Sammy. And then immediately after takes a mighty splash <laughs> with, with Lethal just powering up right there and Sammy jumping as high as he can for that, as landing as flat and open. <laughs> it's just like, oh, good God, man, good God. Which wasn't the worst of the match <laughs> where Sammy crashed himself through the timekeeper's table with an awesome dive <laughs> off the corner ring post. And because mm-hmm. it was a thing in uh, AEW where it felt like the table, there aren't many like areas, table spots. Like there's no, like very rare to see an announcer. Yeah, because the announcers don't sit there. Yeah. And they very rarely have a moment where they'll go. Like the last one we saw, I think it was CM Punk who was on commentary attacked by Team Taz. Like you very rarely see those kind of spots. And then you got the timekeeper's table, which very recently has suddenly seen a lot of action. <laughs> Just in kind of like recent times. And uh, this, yeah, that was a crazy spot. Got an awesome reaction, and all Lethal mm-hmm. had to do was just hit the killing blow. That was it. <laughs> Sammy was done after that. <laughs> he just had to hit the killing blow, but he couldn't do it. And for me, that was more showing how great Sammy is as a there's a reason he's champion. Was he was out of it? He was done for, but he kept yeah. countering. He kept fighting yeah. back. Lethal couldn't hit the killing blow because Sammy wouldn't let him. It's like oh yes, I love that rhythm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, there was real doubt, I think, on, in this. And um, testament to both of those guys for mm. uh, working us like that. That was, that was like the art of wrestling right there. <laughs> I was so good, so good. No Cole Cabana. It's <laughs> <laughs> his, his moment next week. <laughs> we just can wait for his shine. He'll get it. I his think... moment to get his head kicked in. <laughs> Oh, I love Daniel Bryan just sorry Bryan Danielson just shouting it during this match. I'm gonna kick your fucking head in. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, the commentator's like, "Ooh, that's a bit fruity." Uh, <laughs> we, like over here in our football, um, because the chanting at our football matches, the, the language isn't the greatest. <laughs> it's not the right, nicest. Right. And they, uh, the commentators now apologise whenever there's a chant which might contain some foul language, which is every single match. And they just have to kind of pause the commentary and just go, we, uh, we, actually, I've been close. We have to apologise if you heard any uh, bad language there. We are sorry. <laughs> and I'm just like, like, no one cares. <laughs> like, who's this for? <laughs> just to do right, that. right. It was really funny, just the commentator's reaction going, oh, that, that, that word was audible. <laughs> With Dan Brian Danielson. <laughs> like, oh. TK in the headphones, hey, 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 make sure they know this ain't us. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, uh, I loved Dennison doing that because just the uh, just like oh this guy's serious yes I love this I love this uh, that, that's that's not relevant I will say every time I look at the preview screen on the YouTube studio I laugh because <laughs> I said the Dan by Dennison background I've got I find it so funny <laughs> anyway uh, the match ending as we talked about earlier a succession of running knees sent lethal groggy as Sammy gritted through the pain to nail the go to hell uh, unsurprisingly. Guevara delivers in a main event yet again. Is he's got a streak going here? AEW again continuing to use wrestling veterans so damn well to pop up their future. And uh, afterwards, in a circle out to celebrate and show honor to Lethal in the ring. Uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I I wonder what faction tries to recruit Jay Lethal. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's gonna be Team Taz, isn't it? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you know Taz. <laughs> like, what? Want to do some recruiting? Want to do some recruiting? <laughs> We're here. Uh, I will say my favorite Taz trait is shitting on something before immediately singing Tarzan Boy. <laughs> like, he just can't help yes. himself. <laughs> like, I love it. He's, he's so good on Rampage. Oh, and on the uh, Dark or whatever. <laughs> he's so funny. Uh, anyway, yeah, an amazing match to end the show. A solid segment to start it, and like. Outside of AW Norm, like they kicked off with like a t- 15, 20 minute bit all tied together. Like you got the Kenny Omega talking at the start, then you had the Hangman Page celebration, Brian Danielson's interruption, then the match with Evil Uno. Like that whole bit was like 25 minutes, which AW normally will kick off with like a hot match for like 10 to 15. Then you get a talking segment that's maybe like 5 to 10. So right. this was a nice, it's a nice change of pace. AW showing that they yeah. can do the different formulas. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was a really strong show. I, I jokingly called it Full Gear Dash, um, <laughs> just because it's like a, it kind of felt like a reset. Like there's a lot of mm. different uh, moving pieces, and I, I like them bringing Hangman out because that was everything. That was the thing that was on everyone's mind. So um, if you'll see this like one out of like ten weeks, or even more than that, like one out of fifteen weeks, I think that's fine. Like, mm. um, yeah. Yeah, this was a setup episode to kind of guide us into the next direction, with a lot of stuff still continuing, like the fall, the fallout of full gear, with uh, certain feuds getting, so certain matches getting set up to kind of finish that fallout, 
And then other things kind of just... Uh, like MJFC and Punk, setting up what's going to happen. Brian Danielson, Hangman, just kind of guiding us in that next direction. And personally, yeah, just a solid show. I can't really fault it, really. Like, good stuff, really good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I love Dickhead Danielson. I think it's great. <laughs> or or he's always a dick, but it's different variations, different levels. It's different le- different levels of Bellend, <laughs> depending on if he likes the guy he's wrestling or not, <laughs> which I really like. <laughs> yeah, let's go. to be fair, that, that, that is what the American Dragon was before Ring of Honor. Like, he would do that exact same thing. <laughs> so, do that here. Like, he's not, he's not a baby face. He's not a heel. Because that's one of the things I was talking about on Twitter earlier, just to close off, is that my final thing with the... I saw some, I'll say, bad faith complaints. I don't know what else to call them. Where they're essentially painting uh, the idea of Brian Denison turning heel as a bad thing. When what mm. we talked about earlier wasn't, well, he's not turned heel. It's just a bit of a dick, <laughs> which is fine. But Yeah, man, I, I, I would suggest people to stop... Like or a watch more wrestling. Hmm. B um, realize that AW isn't a company that, aside from Cody, right? And even Cody, hmm. like Cody's not go- going to force you how to react to him. Like you can react to him being a good guy if you want, and just keep cheering him. Hmm. Um, hmm. I think in the case of Danielson, it's a face versus face feud, and normally at the, the in face versus face feuds. One of a couple things happens. Someone either turns heel at the end or um, someone like, you know, kind of turns at the beginning. But the I think the the deal like uh, you've seen uh, one of my favorite uh, examples of this is when Diesel. I'm going to go back to 1995. <laughs> Diesel won the championship and the first guy he had to wrestle was Bret Hart. Right. At the Royal Rumble 1995. Now, Brett realized that if he sold the wrong way, the crowd would just look at Diesel as the heel. So what did Brett do in the match? He turned up the aggression. Mm. He worked more physical. He was kind of the one that was like the aggressor. And and I feel like Brian's doing the same thing here. Um, This isn't like if he was if he was a really turning heel, I think we would have got him like kind of cowering at some point in the match. He would have like insulted Shivani. He would have he would have done a little bit more. Um, for me, this is just him leaning in to make a dynamic work and to keep Hangman as strong of, of, as a babyface as possible because he has the belt. Like he has to look good. So um, I I think everyone's gonna play their roles just fine, and we'll probably whenever this match happens, Hangman will win. Brian will shake his hand, and then Brian will go back to being you know. Happy go lucky or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and like for, for me, the main takeaway is it's not about Brian Danielson. They want to establish Hangman Page as an awesome babyface, so that's what Danielson's doing. He's trying to get as great a reaction for Hangman as possible. And look, look, it worked. Hundred percent worked. Hundred percent. And for me, that's more try what we, what I saw with the bad faith is it's more trying to fit what AEW is doing into the way the other company works which is mm-hmm. very clear, filed columns of goody or baddie. And it doesn't matter. Character traits don't matter. and Because uh, a lot of them don't have them. They can just be sorted into goody and baddie. It doesn't matter. Past feuds don't matter. <laughs> it's like, it really, like, no, there's no other context needed. It's just that you are goody or baddie for this plot point, And then we'll do this. And yeah. Right. Fine. Compared to AW where they do have characteristics, motivations and things. 
So you can do Babyface versus Babyface heel versus heel because they have different convictions that will clash. You set it up. Right. Set up that world. Awesome. Lots of stuff. So, yeah, really positive about AW right now. Not surprised at hearing reports that the locker room is in a really good place after full gear. <laughs> like, that does not surprise me at all. Why wouldn't you? If you're a young wrestler, you'd be like, damn, like, Hangman hey, <laughs> did it. Like, mm. and I, I see MJF and Darby is like, we're like, I gotta imagine, like, everyone's motivated. Mm. Well, it's, it's like what we hear the stories of from WWE about them being told that we'll give you this, we'll give you that, we'll do all of this, for them to just go back on the word and just not give it, and then again offer this amazing idea that we've got for you that we're only going to half do if we do do it at all. Compared to this, where obviously Tony Khan has made a promise to Hangman, and then he's done it. Yep. <laughs> it's just, yeah, and, builds so like, much trust. And he was like, hey, you know what? Go go and uh, you know celebrate the birth of your child like mm. with your family i think that goes a long way too so um yeah man mm. like people always are asking these these questions on twitter who do you think is going to be the first person to jump from aw to wwe and i really think it's them asking and from a place of them just hoping it happens because like everything <laughs> they, mm. is going the other way so hard and eventually it will mm. right yeah Some eventually yeah. Jump, right? but it's going to be really hard to pinpoint that person. I would imagine we never see it coming, like whoever it is. Mm. And it's like, just because everything that comes out of there is so positive, And then like, you can kind of reflect it with what you see on screen. Like, Oh yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I think people are, are going to be in for a rude awakening. Like when <laughs> they were like, Oh yeah. So it's just resigned. And it's already happening. Brit's already resigned. Scorpio skies resigned. Um, those are like two of the only ones that I really know um, that have resigned mm. so far, but it's uh, you know, the they're already building for the future. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And again, the four pillars stuff is all about that. Like, no, we, we've already got our guys. We're already doing it. Yeah, we looked at all Japan and went, oh, "That's a good idea." <laughs> we did that with the right. just the pillars thing, not the actual wrestling style. It's twenty twenty one. You've seen what those guys look like now, <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, is that, I, will, I will say Tai Chi pops me every time he does a dangerous suplex <laughs> no, yes. I, yeah they do get that anyway uh, I've realised that I could massively go to different tangents and keep the show going for way too long than it needs to be so uh, that is the end of the AW review uh, Rich do you want to plug all of your stuff before we say goodbye Oh, man, I got a lot of stuff, too. Um, follow me on Twitter, at RichLadder32. Make sure you guys uh, check out One Nation Radio. I host uh, with my, my buddy James Boyd, who you often see on some of these reviews with Imp. We uh, we have a lot of views on a lot of things, and we actually have our uh, award season coming up soon, so that's going to be pretty fun. Uh, if you guys are on Twitch, you can do twitch.tv slash RichLadder. Sometimes I'll play in the video games. Sometimes I'll do a uh, watch-along and then um, the One Nation radio shows uh, go live on there as well. So um, you can do that and just follow Social Suplex. And for me, you can follow me at the Dam Implicat, that's Dam as in Dam, and at the Implications with two S's, uh, which I've done one stream in a long time. <laughs> and I did it this week. <laughs> so fingers crossed, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and Thanks uh, for having me on, man. Yes, and uh, also I'll be live... It's irritating that I have to say this. I'm going to be live after Survivor Series immediately after the show with the with the WWE aftershock. As soon as the pay per view goes off, I'll be live as a very very tired British person who's probably watched a show that was fine, and I'll have to say that for two hours. That that's my prediction. 
it, the build's been crap, but it'll be fine. I just don't care about it'll anything. Be fine. That, like yeah. I don't care about anything that's happening, but it's fine. The matches are fine. Like it's not it's it's not harming anything. It's all right. Unless they think about it too much and do some crap booking, which Survivor Series you don't need to. <laughs> it's, it's real hard to mess up a, like on an All Star game. So yeah. like I don't know, unless they just embarrass somebody, uh, <laughs> which never can be taken mm. off the table. They could just beat someone in eight seconds or something. Cough, cough, Walter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited enough. If not, just like there's so much going on in my life, I don't want to stay up for a show that's. That doesn't feel like it matters, <laughs> but there we right. go. Uh, right. Get your sleep. I'll do. Oh, I'm gonna try my best. <laughs> See how it goes. Uh, but yeah, so I'll be back on Sunday for AfterShock for Survivor Series. Uh, so that thank you for listening, engaging in uh, any form in any manner. Uh, never take it for granted. Always appreciated. And with that, I bid you adieu. And I used the right mouse to do it. <laughs> with that, I bid you adieu. Adios.